0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au This is great. The theme of today's message is joy. See, this is why I don't do PowerPoint. Because that's meant to say joy. What's worse is I put that in, so, you know, there we go. Help me, Jesus. That's That's exactly my love. That's why I do not do PowerPoint. Have you got your Bibles? Open up your Bibles. Let's look at the word of the Lord, because that's a good way to go. Um, I'm going to start at the end. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. You'll be like, that's not the end. Revelation's the end. No, 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 it's the end of my message. You'll be like, wow, this service just gets faster and faster. Hebrews chapter 12, E there? One person, excellent. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, everybody say everything. everything, that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on who? Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Who grew weary this year? who lost heart this year. Yeah. And here we have this invitation, a privilege, that we would consider the one who, who faced incredible opposition, even from those he called to be his followers. And through it all, fixed his eyes on what was before him. And this is the example that we have. I love this verse, I love this passage of verse, and most of it will know, and will know this short scripture. Because it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance to marked out for us. Do you know, God doesn't ask of us what he doesn't enable for us. So when his word says, um, let us, uh, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Sometimes we feel so um, weighed down, bogged down by sin itself, that we feel like we can't move forward. Yet here the writer of Hebrews says, it's us throw it off. I actually get to participate in moving on, moving forward from sin itself. As a follower of Jesus, when I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, it's like last week we talked about peace and we come up against Whatever the situation might be that exasperates us, that causes us worry or fear or anxiety, when I turn away from from worrying about those situations and I turn towards the Prince of Peace, and then I can actually operate in a spirit of peace. And so here the writer of Hebrews says you can actually throw off everything that entangles us, you can throw off the sin that hinders, and turn towards Jesus and fix our eyes on him. Not only an invitation, but permission to do that. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. When it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, depending on the translation, some of it will say that looking at Jesus, looking toward Jesus, the idea isn't that I might have ten things or I might have a room full of people and I'll look at all of you and Jesus. So Jesus might just be one person and I kind of look at Jesus, hello Jesus, while I'm looking at the rest of you and Jesus is an, an option. The writer of Hebrews says forgetting everything else, looking at nothing else, letting nothing else have our attention, we look at Jesus. We look at Jesus. And this is the way that we actually move through a year like 2020 This is the way that we move into a year like 2021, whatever that looks like, because Jesus is is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. He knows what it's going to be like. I don't. He knows I fix my eyes on him. I ignore everything else and turn towards him. I throw off everything that entangles me and holds me down. Do you know what? This is an intentional choice that we have to make. Sometimes I forget. I think we forget this as Christians. I think we actually lack intentionality in any of our relationships let alone our relationship with Jesus. No relationship, nothing worth its weight just comes naturally and easily. I actually have to choose to fix my eyes on Jesus. I choose to look at him. I choose to turn towards him, to turn away from the things that entangle me, the things that weigh me down and choose him. I could be wrong, I feel like there's people in this room right now going, yeah, but you don't understand, like there's this and there's that and the other that's weighing me down. You know, there's so much that kind of distracts me from just fixing my eyes on Jesus, it can't be that easy. No, I don't know that it's easy, it's intentional, it's ongoing, It's, it's a relationship. My relationship with my wife isn't a constant, ongoing investment, if I can use that language. My relationship with Jesus, that I would actually fix my eyes on Him as the author and perfecter of faith and receive the joy that He has to impart to me because of what He has received Himself. So, if we want 2021 to be anything worthwhile, it's that we would actually fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. And your translation, some translations say, the author and perfecter of our faith. Some of your translations might have our, the word our, in italics, and some of it won't have it at all. It will just say author and perfecter of faith. And the reason is that faith doesn't, it's not my faith, it's not even our faith, it's faith itself. It's found in Jesus Christ. It's not just about me. It's not just about us. It's about all of us within Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. and see where it says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He looked beyond the cross to what was beyond the cross. And some say, well, that is the redemption, the salvation of souls for everyone being made right with God, who so chooses him. And some say it was the joy and the pleasure of sitting down at the right hand of the Father. Both could well be right, but for what was on the other side of the pain and the suffering that Jesus was to go through, he went through that for you and for me. And that's why we can actually look to him as the author and perfecter of faith because it is all contained within him as our source of hope and of joy. Jesus, turn to Luke chapter 11, Jesus sends the disciples out, Luke chapter 10, sorry. Jesus sends the disciples out uh, and sends out 72. So he calls, he's got the original 12 and then he calls some others that have been recruited, so to speak. And he sends them out, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 1, sends them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he gives them instructions for what they're to do. Verse 9, heal the sick who are there, tell them the kingdom of God is near you. And then verse 16, he who listens to you, he says this to disciples, he who listens to you, listens to me. He who rejects you, rejects me, but he who, uh, he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. And then there's this time lapse that happens between verse 16, where Jesus finishes giving them the charge and verse 17, where the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Remember, just as I read, Jesus says to them, whoever listens to you listens to me. And so when the disciples speak, it is as though Jesus is speaking and even the demons submit to the voice of Jesus. We as the people of God need to know who we're representing, who we go out as. I don't go out just as Jared Rison on my own. I don't go down the shops, I don't go down the street, I don't run my home just as me. That I actually represent the kingdom of God in everything I do. And this is how we actually experience the true joy of Jesus Christ that he paid for on the cross. This is how we can reach out to somebody and say, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, let me tell you about the love of Jesus. Because I'm not just going as myself. It's not just on me. I go to represent him. This is like... um, Moses, when God calls Moses from the burning bush and he says to Moses, Moses, you're up, I'm sending you to free my people from Egypt. And so Moses goes, but God says to him, when you speak, it will be as though I am speaking. And so Jesus replicates that with his disciples and you and I can come under the same covering, the same authority to actually represent Jesus. And this is what he paid for on the cross Lord even the demons submit to us in your name no they were they were excited at this and Jesus replies I saw satan fall like lightning from heaven I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy nothing will harm you does anybody want to test that out no okay I'm not a fan of snakes and never met a scorpion, but there it is. However, Jesus says, do not rejoice, do not be glad, some might, translations might say, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So it's not even what the disciples have seen as they've gone out in the authority of Jesus Christ that they're to get excited and rejoice about. I mean, that's awesome, Jesus says, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The astounding thing is, Judas is one of those that's been sent out. That, this is a little side note, I can't get my head around that. Judas, the one who was to betray Jesus, is one of these 72 that goes out and represents Jesus. This is why I said that, because nobody is outside doing the will of Jesus Christ and making his name known. Nothing can disqualify you from that if you submit to his will and purpose. If you respond to the voice of Jesus, the call of Jesus on your life, and go out representing him, saying, Jesus, I fully submit to your authority in my life and go to represent you and carry out your will and your purposes, Jesus honours that call on your life. Yet some of us feel like we're disqualified, like, you know, we've really messed up, like we've made a mess of the year, whatever that might look like, or we're too far gone or we've sinned too much. No. This is the joy set before Jesus that he paid for on the cross. You and I, no matter how much we think we've out everybody else, because it's not even a competition, we cannot out the grace of God and the purchase of our redemption that Jesus paid for on the cross. I know you're excited on the inside, just like I am. It's, it's, it's palpable. At that time, this is the verse I love, uh, Luke 10, verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. How many are feeling joyful right now? Just raise your hand if you're feeling joyful. We've got, we got a few. We've got a few. All right. Now, for some of you, that makes its way to your face. And it shows. A lot of you like to keep it a secret on the inside. And that's okay. It's a work in progress. Okay. Now we read this verse because often we think of Jesus, Jesus meek and mild that just walks around in his heavenly robes and is all cool, calm and collected and never, you know, gets too excited. Every now and then he might go into the temples and throw a few whips around, turn over some tables, but for the most part, he keeps it cool. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Now this is a different word to the word rejoice. Well, where uh, the 72 returned with joy, that's just gladness, all right? That's the disciples They were really glad at the stuff that they'd seen happen. Jesus, full of joy, this is praising and leaping. This is Jesus going, whoo, this is fantastic. Have you seen what happened? And that's understating it. Now, I know some of you will be uncomfortable with that much movement in church. So I'll just peel it on back for you so we don't get too uncomfortable. Jesus is so excited. Now my heart's racing. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to who? To the little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. Can you imagine the 72? Can you imagine Peter, James and John? Peter, full of boldness. James and John, sons of thunder. Sitting there and listening to Jesus pray their prayer and going, did he just call us little children? No, but it's not They're being... They're not being childish, they're childlike in their faith. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then he returns to the disciples and he says privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, But did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it this is what we just read in hebrews about the great cloud of witnesses surrounding us in this moment surrounding the disciples and jesus in that time this is the same group of people that jesus talks about in this moment for centuries kings and prophets judges and rulers have been waiting for a time like this and you the 72 the little children get to see it. And this is the awesome privilege and responsibility that you and I are actually invited to participate in. That we get to see the coming of the kingdom of God, that when we go out as the children of God, when we go out representing Jesus Christ to the world around us, that we are seeing the full realization of God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. This is meant to be our source of joy. Not whether or not the year has gone well, not whether our stocks are up or down, or not whether our property is maintaining its value, not whether, dare I say, we have not lost anybody this year. Because all of that will just send us on an emotional roller coaster. Yet my source of joy needs to be, I know who I am and whose I am as a child of God. And I fix my eyes on him, the one who is my source of joy, of hope. The disciples knew what it was like to represent Jesus and to go out and preach the good news and to heal the sick and raise the dead. The crazy thing is, they come back and they say, even the demons submit to us in your name. That wasn't an instruction. That Jesus gave them nowhere did Jesus actually say to them go out and cast out some demons that was because they'd seen Jesus do that and so they go out in his power and his authority and they go I saw Jesus cast some demons out so you deaf and mute spirit I command you to leave in the name of Jesus and they see it leave they see it flee and this isn't just some story that's a couple of thousand years old that's meant to encourage us and fool us, fill us with some level of enthusiasm just for a short while. This is, this is our mandate. This is the call that we have. As the Horsham Church of Christ, we are here to transform our community in the name of Jesus. And what did the disciples say? Even the demons submit to us in your name. In the name of Jesus, even demons submit. In the name of Jesus, people were healed. In the name of Jesus, the dead were raised to life. This is our joy in this hour. That we get to look towards Jesus, look at Jesus, fix our eyes firmly on the author and perfecter of faith. And to see his joy fully realised is to make his name known in this community that we live in. Don't you think that's exciting? But we get scared somewhere in there. We get, ah, what if it doesn't work? I don't know. It doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. I was out for a run a couple of weeks ago and there's always, nearly always somebody, I run early in the morning most of the time, there's nearly always somebody out walking at that time of the morning. It's like between five and six o'clock. I'm just telling you for the sake of the story. And every time I run past someone, I feel this tug on my heart. It's like, God saying, tell them about me. And I'm like, oh, do I have to? Well, you don't have to, you, but you get to. And so, I don't know, it was early, and I'd already seen this lady at one part of my run, and then I come across her in a later part of my run, down on O'Callaghan's parade, and I run past and I just feel this constant pull To go back and say and find out if there's anything that she wants pray for. It doesn't have to be hard. Like you, like you don't have to be all weird to be a Christian. And believe me, when it's like five thirty in the morning, I really wrestle with it because you don't want some weird guy coming up to you in the dark saying, "Can I tell you about Jesus?" Like that will freak people out. So I want to be careful how I do this, right? And I really wrestle with it, so I run back after this lady, like, not trying to weird her out or anything Look, she was mildly under the influence of a substance And so I go back, but I just get back to her as she's walking up a driveway Into a house And I'm like, uh So I call out to her And she was really not going well like, struggling to put a sentence together. And I say, I can't remember what I said, something along the lines of, Hey, my name's Jared. Is there anything you need prayer for? And she wasn't really happy of being interrupted at that time of the morning, which is fair enough. Nobody wants to be. Um, And she said a few choice words that I won't share with you now. But she didn't want prayer. She made that clearly obvious. And I might have said, oh, what's your name? And she told me her name. And then she told me, in, like in one sentence, she told me the pain and the hurt that she had. That her mother died 21 years ago, and she'd had a miscarriage at some point in her life. And she was screaming at the people inside her house to let her in. And they were taking their time, probably because there's a weird guy out on the footpath asking if he can pray for people. But in this moment she's like, no, my mum died, I've had a miscarriage, there is no God. I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. Well, I just want you to know that God loves you, as she slams the door. Now, a lot of us might think, well, that didn't work. and Maybe not in that moment, except now I know her name. Now I know where she, I'm not a stalker, it's all right. I know her name, I know where she lives, and I know the pain that she has in her heart. So every time I go past that house, every time I go past that street, I can pray for her by name, and I can pray against the pain and the hurt and the suffering that she has never had healing from. And I can pray that she encounters a God of love and knows the joy that only he has to offer. See, because I can't measure my walk as a follower of Jesus in what I see before me in my encounters with people because I've had more knockbacks and failures than I've had success especially praying for people at weird times in the morning but now I know a little bit about her and so I can target my prayers more fully and I don't know if it will ever happen but for the joy set before me I have to pursue it Why? Because I operate under the authority of Jesus. And it takes a little while to get used to, and it can be a little bit uncomfortable. And this is why Jesus sent people out in pairs. Because it's way easier if there's two of you. And if you do it in broad daylight. Just a tip. And it's not hard just to say to somebody, hey, can I pray for you? I would say nine times out of 10 people say, sure. And then just to wait and say, you know, you can say, is there anything you want prayer for? And people have a bung knee or a bad back or something, it's not that hard. Yet somewhere we've lost the joy of serving Jesus and representing him. This isn't a guilt trip. I just, I just may 2021 be the year that we rediscover the joy of serving Jesus with everything that we have and everything that we are, no matter where we go. Yeah? May 2021 be the year that we transform our community in the name of Jesus like never before. Like it's not just a pretty vision that we put on the letterhead. It's a God-given mandate that the entire community, the region, this state would be transformed by an encounter with the risen savior. Because it can't be just about us coming together on a Sunday morning, because we haven't even had that this year. It's not just about this. We do this so that we can go and do that together, fully empowered, fully alive, fully walking in the joy of Jesus Christ. Yeah? All right, let's stand together. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Easter. Happy Hanukkah. Covered the whole year. Just close your eyes for a minute. So Father, we thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness. We thank you that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy. Hmm. I pray for each and every person here today, Lord, and for those that are watching online, for our families, our friends, for our neighbours, our colleagues, that we would know the joy of the Lord as our strength. May your joy be our strength. May we know what it is to fully represent you, to be fully alive, living out your will and your purpose in us and through us. May we know what it is to speak your name, Jesus, and to see lives forever transformed, changed and renewed at the mention of your name. I pray a blessing over each and every one of us for today, for tomorrow, for the year ahead, that we would encounter you, Lord, that we would pull aside from the busyness of life, that we would get away into the secret place, that we would seek your face, that would fix our eyes on you, that we would discover more of who you are and what you're like, that we would see your face smiling at us. God, we thank you for the year that has been, and we thank you for the year that is yet to come. And we thank you that by you, in you, and through you, all things are held together for your glory, your honour, and your praise. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in your mighty name. Amen. I want to do this, just as Narel comes up to close the service. Is there anybody here today that does not have... I'm talking about Jesus and you're like, I don't even know who you're talking about or I've heard about Jesus, but I'm not really sure what that looks like. Come up, babe. Is there anybody here that does not have a personal relationship with Jesus? I just want you to raise your hand. I don't want to weed you out. I just want to lead you in a short prayer that you could actually have Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life today. And you could start tomorrow, you could start right now afresh as a new creation in Jesus Christ, and go into 2021 more fully alive,